A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems, too like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Welcome back to Online Darts, everyone. And here we are, Matt. First of all, Happy New Year. We haven't really sat down since the um, before the World Championships. Are you um, enjoying this massive darts boom right now? Oh, it's brilliant, isn't it? Anything that promotes the game is, is good. You know, I'm very passionate about darts, love the sport. So to see it absolutely thriving at the moment for me is absolutely fantastic. And so much to catch up on so we've, we've had everything on charge all day so we should be able to get through it all yeah uh, look first of all pre-world championships you were excited did it live up to everything you wanted it to be and then some I thought it was brilliant for me I'm all about the story I'm not someone who wants to see 110 average 105 100, I've seen good darts before we'll see good darts again we'll see good darts all year in terms of those sort of like ridiculous averages or record-breaking stats not saying we didn't see that we saw plenty of that but we got lots of stories scott williams going through to the semi-final two of the four semi-finalists was non-seeded players some of the big favorites going out early some people don't like that but i love it because it gives us all those stories and those journeys and we get to see what it means to some of the lower ranked players to have that run at the world championship life-changing there's only one place to start and that is the story that is dominating the back pages. And sadly, Luke Humphreys' world title win's almost been, not forgotten, but overshadowed, shall we say, by the sensational 16-year-old that is Luke Littler that got to the final on debut and pushed Luke Humphreys all the way. Now, we all said, could he do the impossible beforehand? He almost did. Yeah, I had him down for a quarter-final. And I was called bonkers, rose-tinted glasses. I got a lot of messages off people saying about I'm overestimating his ability. We underestimated his ability. He's better than we thought he was, and we thought he was class. I've compared him to Michael Van Gerwen. I grew up in the same era as Van Gerwen, Aidy Lewis, Stephen Bunting, those sort of players. And I've seen no one like Luke Littler. 
is absolutely class. Now, when we just rewind a bit and go to Luke Humphreys being overshadowed, I get that. Because, like I say, a lot of the talk's all about Luke Littler. I remember seeing some of the major mainstream media, Luke Littler loses in the final, not Luke Humphreys wins the final. However, Luke Humphreys will hold that world championship for a year. And I do believe he'll get his moment of having headlines as the year develops and it goes through. But right now, the, the man of the moment is Luke Littler for right or wrong. Well, let's dissect his world championship run because he was absolutely sensational in beating Christian Kiss. But everyone kind of expected that. And then there was a dip against Andrew Gilding, but he found a way to come through it. And then from that moment on, it was just sublime that... Do you think that Gilding game, he learned a lot about himself, that yes, he wasn't at his best, but he still managed to be a major champion. And still nearly average 93. Yeah. You know, a lot of people were going up there and averaging 93 and was looking at going, oh, that's, that's a good performance. He's a debutant. The expectation was very high, though, on Luke Littler, and he never dropped below that sort of, not, what was it, 92, 75, yeah. at the top of my head, roughly. Yeah. I might even have got that nailed up. Yeah, roughly somewhere around there. And if that's the worst he's going to play, you know, that's why he's now got everything that is coming his way, because sublime performance all the way through, never looked rattled, looked so composed throughout the entire World Championships. And like I say, I think we've underestimated the guy. I think he's better than we give him credit. When did you start believing the fairy tale was on? I think it was the Matt Campbell game, because the way Matt Campbell is class. Probably another understated dart player. And the way he just pulled him apart, I thought, wow, you're doing this here to someone who's sort of coming into that sort of, maybe the next person to start pushing the 32 conversation when we go, who's going to be those players who come up in a year's time to, to rival those positions? Matt Campbell would come into that conversation. And he just blew him away like he was someone just coming in for the day from down the local bar. So. Yeah, that, that was the moment for me. But you know, he just got better and better. Brendan Dolan, I thought, this is a test. I did a video on the five worst dart players to play. Brendan Dolan is always in that conversation, whether it's me that's saying it or anyone else. Yeah. He's so hard to play, but he's also so very good. 100%. And that's when you look at the people he's beat this year on the TV as well. Gerwin Price, Michael Van Gerwin, just vindicates that point. But yet, when he just blew... Brendan Dolan aside, like he was nothing. It's like, we're talking about a serious player here. And I think every time a question was asked of him, he didn't just give us the answer. He almost dismissed it as if to say, that weren't even a question. Were you surprised how it captivated the mainstream media, not just darts media, that it wasn't a surprise to us, we all know Luke Littler, but we saw GQ magazine turn up, BBC broadcast live from... Ali Pally, Good Morning Britain, X, Y, and Z. Are you surprised how it captured the mainstream? Not at all. It, it's a great story. And, you know, I, I've seen it in other sports, sports I don't traditionally watch. I don't watch things like snooker. And then this 15-year-old lad comes on and it's like, oh, what's, what's this about? I'm going to have a little look at this. Because it's absolutely an unthinkable story that someone will leave school, essentially, and go the same year to the World Championship final. So absolutely, it doesn't surprise me. And I think that wave's going to go for just a little bit longer, yeah? Because everyone's going to be interested to now see Luke Littler. What's going to happen with Luke Littler? What's the year look like? What's two years look like? And it's going to keep a few extra eyes on the sport, for sure. 
off the back of what Luke has done, obviously, me, you and I are wrestling fans anyway, so we can appreciate this a little bit more, but the casual maybe doesn't understand how big WWE is in the world. Mm. Forget this little bubble where everyone goes, oh, it's wrestling. They are one of the biggest global brands out there. And when they start tweeting about Luke Littler, John Cena starts tweeting about Luke Littler, that is serious waves in global sports. It's a company based in America as well. You know, the other side of the world, we've been trying to get darts into America for how many years? The Las Vegas Desert Classic, the World Series events. And all of a sudden now, the biggest organisations that sell out Madison Square Garden, anytime they put a show on, are now interested in darts. They're interested in Luke Littler. And I was jealous. I really yeah. was. <laughs> When when WWE tweeted out, I was like, "Come on!" Like, I really well. Imagine if they give him something to do on one of the shows, even if it's like a house show or something. We've seen in the past Paul Nicholson getting involved with TNA wrestling, yeah. and being sort of doing a little bit on screen. Imagine if Luke Little gets a moment, well, even if it's just on like the network, just something with WWE. I'd be so jealous. That'd be amazing. And like I say, the fact that they're even showing attention to it, the fact that they're tweeting about it, how many people go, oh, who is this Luke Littler guy? Click on him, oh, darts, what's the... And start looking through. And then that benefits everybody because we'll all get discovered and the sport will get discovered off the back of that. Luke Humphreys, he went in pre-tournament favourite. And again, he had some moments of adversity early on. But from quarterfinals onwards, looked an absolute Rolls Royce up there on that world stage. Everyone said, could he handle the pressure of the world championships? Boy, did he. I've been saying for maybe four or five years now, before Luke Humphries was even qualifying for major events regularly, I said, he will be a world champion. And every time I did a live or every time I did a video, I'd always go, oh, Luke Humphries, future world champion. Luke and then what I started getting in the comments section, people go, can you not just say Luke Humphreys without saying Luke Humphreys future world champion all the time? <laughs> so I believed it all the time that he is going to go and do things. I've had debates with people. I've had de debates with players, with managers who are like, Matt, he hasn't even won a pro tour. What are you on about? And then he won a Euro and I'm like, ah, there you go. Then he won two. I'm like, ah, let's see. Then he starts winning majors and then ultimately won the world championship. It won't be the only one he wins. He will win more world championships. The guy's absolutely class. He's now our world number one. And when you look at the percentage of prize money that he's got to defend over the next year, maybe he's going to be a world number one that's not flip-flopping around in position. We might see him world number one for a couple of years. A hundred percent. I was looking at the rankings the other day that it's just incredible that he's not defending... 27%? Yeah, it's, it's, it's nothing um, at all. But... The fact that he's won five of the last four, um, four of the last five TV tournaments, that sends out a real statement to everyone else that says, "I am the best." I haven't just won one tournament too. I'm dominating you boys right now. And he also has got that little bit of confidence that when he goes into a venue, he knows people are looking at him, and they're looking at him for the reason of keep him away from me, which is a great feeling, and you feel that. When you go into a room, doesn't matter what room it is, everyone would have had this experience or most people would have had some form of experience when you go into a room and you know you're the best in there. Whether it's you're playing your Christmas Open at home with the family, whether you're down your local, whether it's county, whether it's a 
WDF, whatever tournament you're walking into, or what, there's always going to be a moment when you just know you're the person to be. And when you're talking not any of those things, when you're talking the world, I can't imagine what that feels like. MVG, Peter Wright, played, tried to play a few mind games with him pre-tournament, and it didn't work. Where We've seen them play mind games before, and it's, it's bamboozled players, and, and this time it didn't. I don't think Luke cares. He is so focused, so determined. And just look back a few years ago, we nearly didn't have Luke Humphreys. He walked off a World Championship stage with heart palpitations, talking about anxiety, talking about maybe not even walking onto the stage to complete a match at the World Championships. From that point, worked with a psychologist, dropped about half his body weight. He is so focused and determined. He knows exactly what he wants. He's one-track minded. And I don't think anyone's going to be able to get into his bubble. He has built a real big safety net and bubble around himself that no one's going to penetrate as long as he has got his mind in the right place. No one's going to throw him off. It was also heartbreaking the World Championships, people losing tour cards from it. And you had, you had to feel for people like Steve Lennon, or like Martin Clearmack was going to hand his card back anyway. But that run that Luke Little went on did devastation lower down the rankings. Absolutely. It's always the story of the World Championship. 96 players go to the World Championship. If you're telling me, or if they tell you, that 96 players are going to be World Champion, I'll call them all liars. Half the field are going, going, right, I want to try and keep my tour card. I need a win. I need to get to the second round or the third round. Everyone's got these little early stories, and that's one of the things I love about the World Championships. It's not just about the end of the tournament. There's stories all the way through. And... History's now told us that it didn't really affect Steve Lennon. He went to Q School, put in what a mighty performance there. I was surprised he even ended up at Q School. I think Steve Lennon's a lot better than someone who drops out of the top 64. I think he'll be back in the top 64 very quickly and just firmly sitting there for another five to ten years. Who were your most disappointing players at the World Championships? Who didn't quite sparkle that you were hoping to? Oh... That's a good question. I, I don't think anyone really flopped at the World Championships. I mean, we obviously got Gian Van Veen, massive favourite going into that game. And we're going to now see how hard he takes that hit because he went into that game 1-20 to favourite. Yeah, yeah. Everyone expecting 3-0, everyone expecting him to go on a run, especially after the recent European Championships when he reached the semi-finals. Didn't really handle the situation too well on the stage, got beat by... A qualifier we didn't really know too much about the time in Manlock Lung, who now we know to keep an eye on, and we're looking forward to seeing how he gets on over the next sort of couple of weeks. But uh, if there was someone, it'd have to be Van Veen. But I, I really thought it was just a great World Championships all the way through. Paddy Power, obviously, the new sponsors, they took sponsorship to another level, obviously, in the venue, around the venue, the fans' village, on social. They really embraced what the World Championships is and should be compared to previous sponsors. Good. Brilliant. Everything. Remember the green treble? Oh, even now I get people, or not now as such, it's all done, but even up to like a day before, are they really going to put a green treble up? Why have they messed with the green treble? And it's like, it's even been announced that they trolled you and you're still biting. Absolutely brilliant, the whole thing, and that's what we want as well because that was a proper team of marketers getting on board with that, which again is only going to accelerate the sport because think about social media now and how much like 
people are on there and content and again if we've got creative innovative content that's putting darts to the top fantastic they did a great job and uh, i look forward to seeing what they do next year so the one plus point everyone knows that sky sports deal runs out at the end of this coming year, like next year's World Championships, the PDC have now got an unbelievable bargaining zone when the, the price has just rocketed. <laughs> when you watch well, only like major football, football. games, yeah. the only thing that beat the viewing numbers. Now, the one downside is they could turn around and go, well, that's a one-off. You've not pulled those numbers before. That's a one-off. Let's see what you do consistently. Let's see what the Premier League does. Let's see what the match play does. Let's see what it does when we're watching the World Grand Prix when all this dies down. So that's possibly the negative side of it. However, like you said, there's not a lot of time left on that deal. So it'll be interesting to see what goes on there for sure. Um, I'll be keeping an eye very close on the situation. On those viewing numbers, 4.8 million people watch the final on a pay-per-view channel effectively Sky Sports it's not free to air that is ridiculous for the sport that it pulled in those kind of numbers I knew it'd be big I weren't sure it'd be that big but when we look at the semi, the semi 2.32 so, million yeah. for the semi-final with Rob Cross yeah. which again what a performance going up against a former yeah. world champion and again just blowing him away Rob Cross hit him with everything in that game and then what I think happened those 2.32 million viewers tune in see that happen hear the commentary hear the story he's going up against a former world champion they can see with their own eyes rob cross is hitting with everything and they're going this guy could actually be the world champion it's a dart away from going five two up i don't know if it would have been good for Littler to have won it though because i know what you mean wrestling terms yeah yeah if you give everyone everything so quick, Cody Rhodes' story, do people follow the journey? Yeah. And it's that thing that you can get over sometimes in defeat. And I think he got over and left a little bit. Can he now go do it again? Can he go a step further? I think if he'd have got it, I think it, the buzz would have died quick. And we wouldn't have retained much of that. Because that's now the important thing. Great, we've got all these new viewers. We've got all these people, eyes on the sport. Fantastic. We don't want a one-hit wonder. And I don't mean Luke Littler. I mean uh, the, the show, yeah, the I sport. Mean... What we now need is go, right, we've got these viewers. How do we retain them? That now has to be the priority. Off of the back of the World Champions, obviously the Premier League lineup was was announced and that it was no great surprise given what he did he was in. But how much do you care and consideration do you think the PDC had to put in to selecting this 16 year old sensation because yes look what he's seeing on the board is just another level but we've seen the Premier League ruin careers as well and how much thought had to go into that process of including him a lot I think he wasn't in until after the World Championship final now when I look at that the announcement before the Masters it was traditionally after the World Championships. Yeah. It got delayed to the next day, four o'clock on Sky Sports News. Now, I think the reason for that was, let's see how he handles the final. This is the biggest game of darts with the richest prize, the biggest jump in prize money, the most media attention, the biggest viewership, everything you could imagine at the hardest, biggest, highest level against the world number one. I think the decision was, if he handles that, 
we're going to put him in. I, I could be wrong, it's all speculative, but I believe until that point Chris Dobie was the eighth man. And when Luke Littler handled the final as well as he did, they went, we've got no excuse, we've got no reason. If we do get asked questions, we've got answers now. It can't just be, oh, well, he'll get us loads of media attention, so we put him in. They had to be able to have genuine fight back, which they've got now. Anyone who says, oh, should he be in? He's in six, six. Well, actually, he handled the biggest game in the world. Why won't he handle a, yeah. a, a Thursday night on a Premier League campaign? Oh, can he deal with the players? Well, actually, he's beat most of these on the journey to get to that final and nearly beat the man who won the World Championships. So, yeah, I think they had answers to any question that could be asked after that final was played. Did they make the right decision? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. No-brainer. No the media attention that he'll put on, the excitement, he's a new face to the Premier League. The Premier League has been criticised in the past as sometimes going a little bit stale. He's going to liven it up. We've seen him for a year. We know the sort of stuff he's going to do. He's going to get creative. He's going to be interesting. He's going to love the limelight. He's going to love the stage. And yeah, absolutely, it's the right call. But with that in mind as well, with my previous job, I was working in football. Yeah. So... With that, I've worked at academies. I'm also a qualified welfare officer. So I know some of the things that may come up. And certainly that needs to be considered as well. And with him being in the Premier League, I'd like to see him assigned a mentor or a welfare officer. Someone who's just available at the end of the phone call, purely just for him. And I would like to see maybe some of it go through that person as well. So instead of having direct contact with Luke, if you want to get to Luke, sorry, you've got to go through this guy and he's going to make the decisions on if you get access to the player or if you don't get access to the player. Anything beyond what is reasonable of the expectation of the player because I think Luke Humphreys touched on it very well yeah. during the World Championship where he says, yes, Luke's giving, but I think he's giving more than any other player would right now because most of the players would have that filter in place either through management or experience where they go, right, I'm going to do two and then the rest of you are going to have to work off of that. But little it was like, right, I'll do that, I'll do that, I'll do that. And he said yes to everything or pretty much everything. And just that filter might need to be in place uh, just to protect him, just so he can focus on darts. Because that's what we want him to do. We want him on his darts, because when he's on his darts, he's going to be entertaining, and he's going to really liven up that Premier League. With the Premier League comes another question, though. Yes, he's into the top 32 in the world, but that is not Pro Tour money. Mm. His Pro Tour ranking is zero. Now, with the schedule, is it doable, feasible for a seasoned pro to play Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday in a Euro Tour qualifier, Premier League Thursday, and can Luke do it over that period? There's two answers. First answer is that's provided he plays in everything. Doesn't need to play in everything. He's safe within the top 32 off the back of that World Championship run for a couple of years. So he doesn't need to play everything, and he's gaining all the time. He's not defending anything. So... If you're going to skip a Pro Tour in order to play Premier League, just for the front half of the season, absolutely fine. Or just go do one day of the Pro Tour. The other answer is, you can see from the background, we're here at the Super Series. Luke Littler's been here at the Super Series. 
And when he gets down here, you get a message on Sunday. Anywhere I can practice around here is a dartboard. Luke, you're going to be playing darts for six days. You do not need to be practicing on Sunday. He goes out and has a practice for hours on end. Plays Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Where's that local open round here where they do the talk? Luke, you've just played three days of darts. You've got another three days to go. You were practicing Sunday. Do not go to the local open on a Wednesday night. Off he goes to the local open on Wednesday night, wins himself 75 quid or whatever it is, comes back on the Thursday. This guy will play darts every single minute of the week. He's so passionate about it, absolutely loves it. But with that as well, sometimes you've just got to rein him back a little bit. You think about horse race, you put a jockey on the horse so the horse doesn't just bolt it and finish yeah. his run early and then stutter to the line. And maybe what we need is just that jockey now, just to sort of guide him and just keep him steady and on pace. Because Littler would play everything, given the choice, and then still go out in between and do practice and everything else. The rest of the Premier League lineup. In your opinion, did they get the other seven right? Spot on. Spot on. I don't see an argument for any of those not being in. Peter Wright is one that comes up a lot. I'm going to ask about that in a minute. Yeah, I can see this one. <laughs> but for me, I think, especially with Peter Wright, I don't think you can name eight players who are more suited to what the Premier League is than Peter Wright. However... Here comes the... Yeah. <laughs> it, his Premier League record... Is horrific. I think he's only made finals night twice. Mm. Last year, the only player not to win a night out of the eight. His form is very erratic right now. The UK and um, the European Championship win is almost an anomaly in that form. And they'd left out the previous two European Championship winners from a Premier League pick. So have they picked Peter Wright purely on? It being Peter Wright. There's a couple of things. TV winner, European Championships. He won two European tours. Uh, one European tour, one European tour final. Um, he won a World Series event. So already, winner's circle, he spent more time in it than any of the other people that we've spoken about in regards to that. Um, yes, his season hasn't been as good as Peter Wright's standards, but it's still been better than the rest of the field. Averages... Hit and miss. I think I looked at the seasonal averages, about 32. So not quite, but we know that game's in there. The only counterclaim I can see is the fact he finished bottom of the Premier League. Now, I would like to see it installed. If you finish bottom of the Premier League, you're eliminated. You don't come back next year. Yeah, it doesn't matter if you win everything else. Man City could finish in the relegation zone, get relegated, but win the Champions League. It doesn't entitle them to play in the Premier League again. They'll be in the Championship, despite the fact that the Champions League yeah, yeah. So I would like to see the person who finishes bottom actually get eliminated from the Premier League, put a bit more jeopardy in it, liven it up a little bit, give us more to talk about, and that would then eliminate Peter Wright. But the other thing I think about, and I've got to be so, <laughs> I'm really careful how you word things, because I don't want it to sound like a knock, because it really isn't. But if I'm a casual viewer, and I'm flicking through... I, I, know, I know where you're going, Ruth. And I see Luke Littler versus Damon Hetter, yeah, someone I, who was put forward as yeah, someone. Yeah. And Luke Littler beats him. I go, oh, he's, he's beaten. But then I go, oh, Luke Littler, it's just be Peter Wright, former world champion, Premier League finalist, all the accolades that come with it, oh, yeah, it yeah. gets Luke Littler over wrestling again. Yeah, it gets yeah. him over. Yeah, no, I get it. So on that sense as well, 
I also understand that that and you can't have too many new faces you can't have too many change arounds because the Premier League's got to be the flagship of it so I can't see players who have done like the names that have been put forward I've looked through them all it's like right they've got a quarter final there and that's it oh they've got a TV semi-final oh and it doesn't beat what Peter Wright's done and if we look at it in terms of a, like ranking points and we grade everything and we go like the Euro Tour's worth this many points or whatever system you use Peter Wright is still within that top sort of part of the the sport so I can't find enough people to put ahead of him this is Another Peter Wright one, but in a different angle. And I'm not trying to trip you up here because it's genuine points I think are interesting. That we've seen the Premier League ruin careers. We spoke about would it ruin Luke's career, but there are players that were put in when they weren't in the best of form mentally and on the board. We does of the second year yeah. in particular. He openly admits he knows he shouldn't have gone in, but took the cash. Mm. Webby, it put Michael Smith back the first time yeah. he played in it. Is there a worry that although it is Peter Wright, the great entertainer, could this do long-term damage to his career when there's not long left particularly? Look at his, his age and the way the rankings go. And we may not, say, may not see Peter Wright much longer. Could this quicken that process if it goes wrong in terms of, like last year, he finished bottom, didn't win a week, he gets beat up every night. Is that a concern? 100%. Absolutely. Very, very valid point. But the issue is, that's kind of Peter Wright's issue. Like you mentioned Glenn Durant. Yeah. Um, Glenn Durant was sort of before the Premier League, very unsure, should I do it, should I not? Yeah. not really. But then it's like, well, no, I'm going to do it. Like I said, take the cash, take the opportunity. And then hated every moment of it, especially how it was done behind closed doors. Sort of Premier League was sort of nightly, wasn't it? Rather than just every Thursday. So when we look at it in that sense, yeah, but... It, that's over to Peter Wright. That's if Peter Wright doesn't feel up to it, I'm sure he would go, nah, not for me. But the fact he's accepted the invitation must feel enough in there that there's something he can do. Whether it means he's going to change his darts 17 times and try and find the perfect set, yeah. as we know. But he must fancy it. He must feel he can turn it around. We know that he can get confident and brash. Remember the match play interviews, yeah. I'm going to win this, I'm going to win yeah. that. So he's had a lot of time. He's had a lot of time from the World Championships to the start of the Premier League. So he's got time to put right what maybe is going wrong. Just picking this one back up because we hit the timer limit on the first recording. Um, so yeah, no, I, I agree. It's, it's a tough call, but it's an interesting ask on, mm. on that. Q school. Yes. Brutal. 31 cards available there was an extra card became available um, I think most people agree with the decision to remove Corey's card but potentially with your players head on like I know you've gone into a lot of it is it right that they've introduced a rule and then instantly used it should that rule have come in and been for all new tour card holders. Do, 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 do you know what I mean? It's not a new rule. It, it's not a new rule. Um, it's. I think we spoke about this before Christmas yeah. as well. Uh, it's actually in the players' contract. So they may have put a rule in terms of the DRA or a rule yeah. in terms of public facing, Yeah. but actually in the players' contract, 
and I don't mean like the public facing data, the contract between you and the yeah, promoter, yeah. it says in there that if you do not play an event within 12 months, that you can have your status removed. And he hasn't played an event within but 12 no. months. So all they've done is take that from being a contracted Term into a something that's public no, fair enough. so yeah it's not something that's new um i fully expected it to happen and it's absolutely the right decision yeah, yeah no I, I agree the decision yeah. is, is right because you can't have tall cards being wasted how they've they've been but q school itself wow drama even in stage one that willie borland is out on the way home and then all of a sudden someone above him gets hammered and he gets a lifeline <laughs> And, and gets in on leg difference and then goes on a, on a winning card. How would you sum up Q score? Oh, Q score. Um, it's great to watch. It's great for the drama. Um, I've never had so much fun sitting watching numbers flash up on the screen before because um, we don't have to get to see the darts throw in. That's something I'd like to see now. Streaming boards. I'd like to see some straight. Certainly for those important games, those key moments. Like, this player needs to win five legs. Get them on the streaming board. Let's see it. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to see that. Um, the PDC now have got a great team of people. They've got some great broadcasting partners, um, great commentators, people that can then put that into place. I'd like to... That's the first point. I'd like to see more of it. Yeah, we get Dan Dawson's review at the end of the day, but maybe we could get more. Let's see more of it. Especially off the back of... The World Championships. Yeah. Now, we both run YouTube channels. Our numbers have gone through the roof. Yeah. Last 28 days, I've gone over a million views. Yeah. You guys will be the same. No yeah. Doubt. Oh, mental. Now, we're sort of captivating on that audience, but our channel, what is it? I'm like 10% the size of the PDC, you know? So what would happen if the PDC started doing things like this? Especially something along the lines of maybe like a, a bit of a soccer Saturday, a bit of a roaming around, sort of seeing everything that's going on. Yeah. Very similar to the sort of work that, that we complete with things like watch-alongs and different well, things like the old like UK that. Open, the Roman reporter on the outer boards and stuff like that, when yeah. it bowled and stuff like that. That sort of stuff's fantastic, jumping players in to have a bit of a chat. I think there could be more done on the broadcast, certainly in terms of the streaming board, even if it's just one board, maybe two boards at a, at a push. But I'd like to see the introduction of one board, certainly to see that final game every single day. Um, there's so, so much that could be done in regards to making it more accessible in that sense. The Q School itself, and I'm, I'm not being disrespectful to anyone that won a card because they've won it and mm. fully deserve it because they did that, but isn't the aim of the PDC, the Pro Tour and Q School to give us the best tour and the best players? And did it give us the best 128 again? No, absolutely not. Uh, we can see that in terms of stats and in terms of CV comparisons between the players. But on the same aspect... Things don't get put right until you see they go wrong. You, you see things like the Titanic story. Until that disaster happened, you didn't have to have a lifeboat space on a boat for everybody on board. Mm -hmm. But then after that disaster, you then get to see, right, this needs to be a law and a rule change because we can't let that happen again. Maybe now, over the next year, there'll be conversations that happen that maybe stop some of the issues that we've seen, such as... Conan Whitehead rule once again. Well, well, really say, as I say, the, the 
anomaly yeah. has now happened two years in a row. Yeah. That someone would have won a card by not playing. They they played and it's cost them. Yeah, and you don't know that beforehand. Exactly. And so you have to play. Uh, but with that in mind, when you look at hindsight, it doesn't spin a good sort of story for that mm -hmm. side of things. Um, the other thing I'd like to maybe see is maybe develop and use more on the challenge tour. Um, that is the same pool of players minus the 31 players that we now give cards to. Maybe we need to extend the amount of cards that are going onto there. I've got a written down really long-winded system um, that could be put into place for it that we'd probably have to put another four batteries in the camera for me to, <laughs> yeah. to go through that. But again, a lot of the time, and this is one of the things that's quite hard with this because I think this is something at the moment that's quite subjective. You know, have we got the best players? Some people would go, well, they're the best players that dealt with the pressure. It's subjective in terms of do we get the best or do we not get the best. Um, I'm purely looking from a numbers point of view when I say no. Um, and with that in mind, I, I look at it and I think we're giving two cards to a one-year system and 31 cards to a four-day system. The, the other thing is what we've got is we've got two, and this is the other argument I've seen quite a lot, two Q schools, 128 player fields, and they're judged on the entries of the first phase and then they're splitting the cards based on the first phase. And what was it, 10 and 13 cards? 10 UK, 13 for each Yeah, so yeah, thir 31 in total, and it was 18, 14. But what divided yeah. that split? 17, 14, sorry, yeah. And what gave that split for the EU to have more players, yeah. uh, more tour cards? Was there more entries? More entries, and when you look at the entries, the amount of people averaging 40 or 50 in the EUQ school completely outweighed the UK. So those 40 and 50 averages then actually boosted the top end and gave the top end more cards. So I'd rather see it just split 50-50, go it's 128 player fields, doesn't matter about stage one anymore. It's just as in like, doesn't matter on the entry numbers. That is your thing, that's how many places are available and just even split it. Also, does there need to be some sort of seeding for Q school because I look at some of the first round games we got mm -hmm. the one that springs to mind straight away was Dom Taylor against John Henderson in round one now that is mental that they have to play in round one and you see I think one of them Dom Taylor lost with a 94 off the top of my head now there are people getting through not averaging over 85 it just doesn't sit right when we want the best players. People winning with 60s. This is what I mean. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. 
That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. It, it doesn't sit right, I don't think. I would like to see it, but I also understand the argument against. So yeah. It, it's one of those things I would put forward, personally, but I completely respect the opinion of anyone who says no. Yeah. Because I get that as well. What I would personally do is I would make sure, like, the players that are coming off the tour, what did we have? 14 players, weren't it, that yeah. came off the tour? I would use those first, players coming off the tour, one on each board. The idea is, if you want to come on the tour, this is the bottom end of the tour, come beat them and take their place. A bit like a playoff yeah, yeah. sort of situation. So can you beat those? But then, obviously, we'll have a shortage of seeds. Use your challenge tour. The top entered player from the challenge tour. We need two players to fill up the seeds. It's going to be one and two. Oh, the EU's only got 10 ex-tour card holders, so that's 10 plus the top six of the challenge tour. Yeah. So just to try and make the system come through a little bit, but on the same aspect, I fully understand that a lot of people find that the appeal of Q School is that potential dream coming from absolutely nowhere and doing the yeah. Arabini. Also, with all that, the 128, as it stands... Obviously, you create a one two seven after day one. Should there be a top up list every day? Absolutely. So that one two eight is always full. So you get a point if you win a game. None of this, you don't get a point because it's not a full list. If you win a game, you get a point. Yeah. Um, whether they change the point system to adopt that or not, um, but hundred percent, I think it should always be a one two eight. So you've got seventy seven places available. They go through. They get four days. Next person gets three days, next person gets two days, and then you get one day. We saw from Andy Hamilton this year that players are willing to play one day and have that one shot and that one opportunity. Especially, I mean, you might have to work far, quite far down the list to find where that one player is. But, but sorry, fill yeah. it up, yeah. Fill it up. Have the full one to eight. Let's not have buys. Let's not have someone having to win two games and someone only having to win one. Let's make it as level as we can. And I'm sure all these things are going to be put into place moving forward because it's getting to a point now where Q School's going to need a review because it has been in its same for format for a few years now. One thing we know about the PDC is they'd like to evolve and yeah. um, change formats and products and things. We see that in the Premier League changing around all the time, Q School evolving into what it is. But when Q School evolved into this and into this new system, we didn't know what problems would happen until we're now seeing them. So hopefully with all the voices and people voicing these issues or concerns or ways in which it could be leveled out i'm sure they will adopt them in the near future days before q school there was some dramatic rule changes to the european tour announced that when you now listen there's a lot of unhappy tour card holders and people that have come out openly said that they wouldn't have gone to q school if these rule changes had come in so the european tour there's now no associate member qualifier mm. The top 16 in the order of merit, main order of merit, are in every one of them. And then topped up from the Pro Tour order of merit, the 16, so it's 16, 16. The opportunities for players that aren't at the elite of the game have now been cut dramatically. We've seen over the last few years how important the Euro Tour is for players trying to break into top 64s, top 32s, top 16s, keeping tour cards. How are the PDC, or have they been 
have they made it an exclusive club? Is that top 32 now a golden handshake club? Two answers. <laughs> here we go, here we go. I'm going to be on the fence. Two answers. Number one, yes. Absolutely. If I was a player in that situation, I wouldn't be happy. I wouldn't be happy if I was in that situation because I think, well, now it's going to almost freeze me out or I'm going to struggle to get into those. But on the other side, yes, they've restricted the opportunity, but they've only restricted the opportunity within their own organisation. One of the things I can tell you now as one of the players that was on the Pro Tour for 11 years, one of the things we always said as tour card holders is we don't get enough protection or we don't get enough for us. We're the tour card holders and they're giving opportunities to everybody who doesn't have it, who's got opportunities in other organisations. It's like we want to be looked at. We're the PDC players. Why aren't the PDC looking after us? This is kind of a statement that does that a little bit by knocking out those associate members. <laughs> You're ready. You're ready. Um, the associate members have opportunities here at the Super Series, with the ADC, with the WDF, Anywhere they want to play darts, they've got those opportunities. They've got the Challenge Tour. They can use the Challenge Tour to get promoted to the Pro Tour. So I get that they don't want them now taking up European Tour spots as well. So I do kind of understand it. I'd hate to be in that position. Um, but from an organisational side, I can see why it's happened. But I've spoke to players who only went to try and get in those European tours and they're heartbroken. They're gutted that they're not gonna get that opportunity. So I get the frustration, I would be exactly the same. On that, two bits before we move on to the next part of the argument. Mm. If that is the case, this decision wasn't made overnight. Mm. Should this information have come out before Q score entries, not two days before when entries were shut? I think that's what's annoyed a lot of people that this has obviously been in the pipeline for a while, this just didn't happen overnight and it was left until Q school entries were shut. Yep. And I don't know when the decision was made. Was this decision made before? Was it quite a late one? Is this a new sort of rule? Is it a new change? There'll be a reason behind it. Is potentially the reason behind it, look how busy Chris Doby was last year when the Premier League was on. Is it because now we can't have someone in the Premier League outside the top 16 so it makes it easier to select the Premier League, because ultimately the PDC's most important thing is what people see out there, the, the top end of the product. The PDC's remit, their agenda, is to create more professional players. At the moment, they've probably got it not far off a of 64. So a lot of the rules and a lot of the changes are probably all in place to say top 64 now are going to be professional players, where you know when it started it was like let's top up the winners prizes yeah, and all yeah, this yeah. and it's right let's try and make 16 let's make 32 let's make 48 i think this rule change is probably going to give us 64 complete tour card holders as professional players some of the others will be pros as well a, a bit further down because their circumstances will be different but i think we're now guaranteeing 64 professional players and then it's like now what do you do for 64 to 128? Because that prize money increase across the board on the Players' Championships, I think it's nailed that 64 position. And I think the rules are to support that. I kind of get that. And I get your point about taking away the associate members qualifiers because as a tour card holder, as you say, protect us. I, I can live with that. However, protecting the top 16 in the way they have, mm. is that right? Because... Effectively, the way it looks from the outside, and I'm sure you'll correct me if I'm wrong because you've been in and around this environment, 
by guaranteeing the top 16 into every European tour, it has made that European tour so hard to crack for anyone else, mm -hmm. gaining ranking money, because the Pro Tour of Merit is associated to that Euro Tour. Yep. So anyone not in it, it's almost made an exclusive club, but to get in it, you're gonna to have to do something ridiculous now. Well, because that obviously leads to the match play. Match play, the Grand World Grand Prix, Prix European Championship. This, 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 this is a knock-on effect. That yeah. the, the gap that these players are now getting money-wise is great, but it's just making the gap bigger. I worked it out that, oh, I'm trying to think, I think it was £94,000 head start. Over anyone else that's not Over in... Over a two-year period. This, this is what I mean. That So if you've got your tour card now, this year, yeah. you've got to make £94,000 to be level with the players in the top 16. So you've got to outperform them by some way. Now, Josh Rock, what's he now, 23? Something along those lines, yeah. And, but statistically, he's averaging like the player ninth best in the world. So it's just made it a longer journey and a, a longer sort of stay, unless you go do something like Luke Littler's done, but and have those big massive runs somewhere but yeah it's um it, it's going to make less movement in the rankings i mean a lot of people are critical of the rankings and how one minute you can be the world number two and the next you're world number 17 so maybe they're just seeing it as a way to sort of offset that a little bit but yeah again i, I wouldn't as a player i'd be like as, as a player would, would you be raging with this you in your situation before yeah. you um left the pdc environment when you were 48, 47 in the world, around that. If this had come in now, would you be raging? Yeah, it's, it's one of those where you look at it and you go, how am I going to become what I want to become, get into that top 32 under this system? And look, all I see everywhere is a very silly argument where they just go, we'll just win more matches then. Okay, great. I'll win more matches and then I will go into that position and then someone else will come out and they will have the same conversation. So you're not changing the conversation, you're changing the person that's having it. Yeah. And ultimately, we should focus on what the, what's been said rather than just fobbing it off. Like, I'll just go win more matches. Like when Scott Williams says, oh, we're not getting enough darts at the World Championships. Looked in the comments like, well, just win more and become elite and then you don't have to worry about it. Well, then someone else is going to be having this conversation. You've not changed the conversation. Just because Scott Williams has now gone and won more games and he's now fine and more catered for doesn't mean that we've not changed anything. So on your point on the 94,000 head start, so I looked at this in particular because I was looking, could Luke Littler make the match play this year? Hmm. So obviously his pro tour order of merit starts at nothing. So he's got to make up £22,000 on the player in 16th at the moment on the pro tour order of merit. Yet they're guaranteed to be in everything, and you're not. It just seems like that's impossible. In Luke Littler's sense, it's not, not possible. But, but do you know what I mean? For the, but, for, yeah. the, for the normal. Let's the, say Steve Lennon. Correct, yeah. He's 22 grand behind, and they're in everything anyway. Yeah. That, that physically can't be done, surely. And the reason I picked Steve Lennon is because statistically at Q School, he was the best performer. Yeah. Um, but is he going to perform to that level that's going to be. Because he, he's almost got a double up. Because he's also behind, like I say, he's yeah. got what, six months of qualification. So he's probably going to have to win two titles 
to have any hope of getting him. We're scoring two Pro Tours just to get level. Mm. And that's without them picking up any other money in a Pro Tour or a Euro Tour. Yeah. I think the biggest issue here is not so much that. I think the biggest issue is the one-year system should be a one-year system. Look at Radek Skaganski. Came to Keegan Brown the year before. He was in yes, his match, match play, match play And in the Grand Prix. Pre, yeah. So why did he lose that money? He's got his card back. It should be a one-year from the match play to the match play, regardless of what happens. Whether you've got a card or... Yeah. Yeah. So I don't like the fact he lost it. I think, for me, that's a bigger, a bigger issue as well. And But, again, until something goes wrong... You don't say, and then it happened to Keegan Brown. Okay, that's a one-off. That's never going to happen again. Sure, what's happened again? And it did. Yeah, exactly. So because it's happened again, this is the point where now I think action may be taken, and all, they'll they'll sit around a table, raise all these points, and they're, they're very easy fixes. Okay, the match play runs year to year. Problem solved. Grand Prix is a one-year cycle. Problem solved, and they can easily change these things. But maybe in a year's time, if we sit here and we're talking about it still, that's when you go right. You've had the benefit of the doubt here. You've been caught out by something that wasn't foresighted and it's happened a third time. That might be when you go, okay, but we've never had to deal with that with the PDC. They normally address things quite well. Yeah, so it's been interesting, isn't it, this, this last month with everything coming out the way it has. Whoa, we've, we don't even have enough time to touch on everything. <laughs> oh, you know, it's mad. We haven't even spoke about Lakeside yet. I oh, don't worry, we'll come on to that. It's just in general, but it's, like, it's been huge. Obviously, on Lakeside, yeah. it, we know it's your dream to, to go and, and, and play there. First of all, um, Andy Barton's congratulations to him. He is the, the, the WF Lakeside champion. How would you assess the tournament as a whole, good and bad? As a whole, I'd say it was more good than bad. In terms of what the WDFs had to deal with, picking up from the BDO and putting everything into place, I thought they did a fantastic job. They put on a tournament, they had guaranteed prize money, players knew what they were playing for. I can't believe I'm saying this is a positive. That's how bad the system was they picked up. That I'm saying the players knew what they were playing for is a good thing. That is how bad and how broken the product was that they collected. So the fact that they've put these things into place, they've announced next year's. We know when it's going to be. We know there's going to be a world championship. How many times have we been saying, is there even going to be a world championship this year? We now know. We know the dates. It's all set. So really, really good steps forward. I thought the event on the whole was really good. Um, it's proven once again to be a very good conveyor belt and a good feeder system to the PDC and it looks now like the WDF are not doing the same mistakes the BDO did. The BDO wanted to be a competitor. The PDC put the prize money up, BDO went, right, we're going to give 100 grand to our winner. But you can't afford that. So you're going to have problems further down the line. The WDF are now starting to put this into a place where they can afford, maintain and sustain because that's what people want, some sustainability. And it looks like that's going to come into place now. So, yeah, real, real positive um, for what we saw at Lakeside. How many more years do we get Lakeside? We don't know. Personally, I think this is going to move eventually over to Assam in Holland, where they did the World Masters. I think that's probably the long-term location for the WF World Championship. But overall, thumbs up. What were the negatives, in your opinion? The stream. Not, I don't mean the camera. What? I don't mean the audio quality. I don't mean all these things. I, I, I'd watch it off 
my phone if I had to, you know. Oh, that's great. I, I just want to see the darts. Yeah, I don't care if it's in how many pixels or, you know, if the, the audio quality is as crisp or anything like that. It's that chat. You're cringing. It was brutal, wasn't it? You appeased the small-minded minority at the expense of the product. 100%. The small-minded minority who want to make silly comments on there because they think it's funny and it's faceless damaged the product that week. Because if I was a sponsor looking to invest in that event and I go, right, where are you broadcasting? Oh, we're broadcasting mostly on the YouTube channel. Which, by the way, stroke of genius, could be really good. Uh -huh, I agree. Um, we're broadcasting on the YouTube channel. No problem, I'm gonna tune in today and I'm gonna watch your, the, you're gonna watch your content. I don't know all the different terms for what people say these days. There's so many different words for it, all ending in phobia. Um, but what they actually was doing, I was reading something like, this is actually disgusting. Like. Is this because it's faceless, or is this where society has now gone, that we think this is acceptable? Bit of both, I think. Yeah. And with that in mind, if I was running that, the first thing I'd do is go... Kill it. That gets shut down. Because you're not using it for... It could have been a great tool. It really could have been. Or it needs to be heavily moderated. And just anyone... Ban, ban, ban. Sit and talk about the darts all you want. Sit and talk about your favourites. But when you're talking about people's appearances the second they appear on stage. You know, these are people that have worked hard and committed to the sport and traveled all around the world to get the points to be there. Just to be judged on how they appear, I thought was completely wrong. Looked bad on the WDF. And for any sponsors that wanted to get involved, terrible, terrible look for them on that sense. YouTube though, a lot of people go, oh, it needs to be on TV. The way in which we view content these days has changed so much. How many times do you sit watching the TV and you'll have your, oh, you know, your phone on the go? The, the TV's not the end of the, the world. It could be bigger than anything. We see German football games with 250,000, 500,000 people watching. If you do that, we've now got direct monetized content. We've now got an opportunity to go out and find sponsorship, to put adverts on that, that they get the direct income from yeah they don't need the broadcaster anymore in the sense and i don't think the product is really a broadcasted product anymore i think on youtube the wdf could really find a market to really excel that sort of online darts approach and i think they could really hit it well if they get the right people doing the right jobs one negative from a fan watching it and we see how important it is here at the super series they got the on-screen talent massively wrong, in my opinion. But it looks like, like I get there was a limited budget, mm. but surely presenter, pundits and commentators, that had to be near the top of the list because look, Dan McCarthy did an unbelievable job. Fantastic but, job. But he sounded like a broken man come Tuesday, yeah. doing it all or the majority of it on his own. He sounded broken. Yeah. And Scott Mitchell did really well with the bits he came in and, and, and so on, but that needs to be so important that you've got a talent team that is relatable. You look at Skies, you know it's going to be Wayne, Webby, um, Glenn now, Party, Dan Dawson, and people can get behind that. And off of the back of that, the talent promotes it on social as well. And I think that was a, not nothing to do with the darts or anything like that, but that was a bit 
they got massively wrong. Yeah, they, they got a few things wrong, and I look at it because, like I say, that's what I want to go do. I want to play that. That's my goal. So for me, I want them to get it right because I want to get behind it, support it. Um, I do know some of the talent pool that was contacted. It was originally going to be a stellar lineup, but the budgets just didn't make it happen this year, which is why I'm so annoyed that they allowed small-minded minorities to harm their product. Because if the sponsors would have seen and got involved, we could have then had that talent lineup and yeah. these things could have been in place. But instead we appeased minorities rather than the majorities. And that's what bugs me the most about it. Because like I say, I do want that tournament to succeed. We need it in darts. It's not a thing of the past. It's a stepping stone. Look at how many people played in that event and went and got tour cards. It's not a dead system. It's a worldwide system that's still making or still finding talent. It'll do the same again to replace the players that have gone missing. It, there's a place for it in darts. We need it in darts, but we need it to be ran and done effectively. Again, again, we, got, we, run, we are in... Into, into part three, Matt. This is um, this is good even for us. Yeah, this is uh, uh, uncharted waters. Now we're on part three. This might just have to go out on voice note, right? <laughs> so people can just listen to it in cars and things. This, this go may, for a big drive. I, I think I'll make this available as an audio only as well. Yeah. Um, I may be living in darts fantasy land here, but I'm sure you can get behind this. We've got the WDF, we've got the ADC, and we've got here at the Super Series, all working in their own space to a to a degree but the player crossover between the three is huge is there a way a stratosphere where the three can work together for the good of amateur darts the only way i don't see that happening is on the basis that if everyone thinks they're the next step I think we need a clear route of progression. And where I see that step underneath the PDC nowadays is here, the Super Series. Because we don't just have our organisation where we've got our rank. We go, right, we want the best of the women's tour. We want the best of the WF. We want the best of the ADC. We want the best of the CDC. We want the best of Oceana. We want the best of all these fields. And we pull them together. And I call the phrase here, worlds collide. Because we take the best of everywhere, we put them here and battle them out over a week-long format. It's fantastic. So I think this should be sort of embraced more. If I was running the WDF, I'd be like, right, how can we get a representative of the WDF playing on that every single week? And then the build-up to Lakeside is, oh, this is a player that's going to be seen. It's going to promote it in itself, especially when you think this runs on... YouTube and Sporty Stuff TV, if the WF are now looking to go on YouTube, what a great way to promote their own product and vice versa, piggybacking off the, off the side of that. This is only going to grow if everyone works together. And we do this quite a lot. We are on YouTube. Yeah. We realise that the pie is only so big and if we all try and take our slice, but actually if we can make the pie bigger our slice becomes bigger and ultimately that's what they've got to look at in regards to what they're doing not just trying to compete but or like we want this or we're... 
as dart players, we don't want to be seen as a number. I, I, I certainly don't want to be associated to, right, oh, you're an ADC. No, I'm not. I'm a dart player who plays that system. I'm not a WDF player just because I'm playing on their rankings at the moment. I'm, I'm, I want to play darts wherever I want to play darts. And I remember the restriction of trade yeah. lawsuit that went through many years ago? Because that's still evident to players. We just want to play darts. We don't want politics. And the politics tends to come from people who sit behind desks in fancy chairs who aren't really on the ground level. Get off behind your desk. Go watch what's going on. Listen to the players. It's marketing. I can't sell you something unless you want to buy it. So as players, what do they want to buy? What do they want to buy into? What do they want? What are they playing for? Why is this player getting up at six o'clock in the morning, driving three hours to a venue to play a tournament? Why? Because he wants an opportunity. He wants an opportunity to play on TV. He wants an opportunity to be the world champion. He wants opportunities. So work on that and put it into place. I'm ranting now, aren't I? I'm no, I like it. it. <laughs> but, but can it work between the three organisations? 100%. 100%. But they've got to realise where they fit and what they're trying to do. I say, the BDO tried to compete. Yeah, Don't yeah. compete. Be a feeder system. Own that space. Be, like the Lakeside is, the second or is the richest prize outside the PDC. So be that. Be that for... If I was running the WDF now, that I would be banging down Barry Hearn's door and asking for my world champion to automatically get a tour card. I wouldn't be trying to retain that player. The player's going to go to Q school anyway. We've seen it over the last couple of years, other than Neil Duff. We've seen it where they want to go and get a tour card. So I'd be going, look, Barry, I've got a worldwide system playing <coughs> 40 tournaments in 20 different countries. We've got a broadcasted event at the end of the year, can our champion get a tour card? That's what I'd be pushing for. And then I'd be doing everything I can to prove that that system is valid validated enough that it warrants getting that tour card position. Or something, can I get a Grand Slam spot? Can our top eight players get in the UK Open? Can we do something where our system crosses into yours and we're not trying to retain the players we're not trying to compete we'll give you those players it's interesting how do then the super series the wdf and the adc coexist what's the pathway that they can all work together the super series is something on its own it's its own sort of Entity because the Super Series is like I say, it's about bringing all those worlds together and making them collide. We are a platform that allows people to play darts competitively at a high level, earn good money. That's that's what we're here to do. If people benefit from being here, like we have seen Scott Williams, Luke Littler, um, even people like Brett Claydon, who's recently said that this product's really helped him with with his game. So great. We can provide that, but what we're not trying to do is we're not trying to be part of the pathway journey. Yeah. And that pathway journey needs to be very clear as to what it is. I start here, I finish there. Paul Nicholson did a very, very good article, how to be a professional player. Years ago it was easy. I play my pub, I play my Super League, I play county, I get called up to England, I then go do tournaments, I play Lakeside, 
I attempt to go over to the PDC. That's how it used to be. And we used to have that darts transfer window, didn't we, around oh, January yeah. when you see player switch. What's that pathway now? What, as a young player, if, some, if a young player came to me and said, right, Matt, I want to be a professional player in five years, what do I do? Well, you can play that, you can play that, you can do a bit of that, do a bit of that, but what if I do well on that? What does that take me to? Don't know. <laughs> okay, so next point then. Can the ADC and the WDF work together? They use a very similar pool of players. And all they're doing at the moment is trying to divide loyalties. The ADC need a broadcasted event. That's, that's the main thing. Or they could have a broadcasted event working alongside Lakeside. The WDF has still got support from massive entries. Romania's coming up soon. Already got 350 entries. A lot of them travelling over from the UK to go and take part in this event. The Dutch Open, over 2,000 entries already. They've got massive support. Why have they got massive support? One reason. People want to play Lakeside. Surely that, again, the WDF poll, I think proven, I think uh, Chris Mason did it when he put out his ways to improve the Lakeside, was like, don't water it down. They haven't got 48 players capable of putting on the show. But, have they got 32 and the ADC might be able to provide 16? Which then gives a new story, because then you go, right, top 16 of the WF, you're seeded. Next 16, you're going to take on the 16 from the ADC, the winner of that playoff seeds. Different story, you know, new talking yeah. points, makes it a little bit more interesting. So um, I think that's the way I would do it. But again, that's probably just because I think WWE, WCW, let's bash them all together and see what we got. Your own pathway back in action somewhat unexpectedly oh, recently you, you, you got a late call up and your chance to, to watch it back because I don't think it was as bad as what you thought it was leaving here on the Friday when you say late call up we mean by like hours five yeah. minutes yeah it was five minutes so we had a pull out at the Super Series needed a replacement it was Q school week and the names needed to go through at seven o'clock. The decision was made at five to seven. Couldn't have been any later. And I only found out like an hour before that, that cut off that yeah. it was even an option. And I remember speaking to the person who put the selection in and I was like, right, I'm gonna go on the practice board. I said, I haven't practiced for weeks. I says, right, I'm gonna go on the practice board. I'm gonna throw 12 darts and I'll let you know. I threw 12 darts, and I was like, right, okay, I'll do it, I'll do it. Didn't expect much. Had a decent first day, won three of the four games, but then got hope, got hope and encouragement. I came, the first day I was walking in like, come on, just don't make an idiot. I was expecting to average like 60s and 70s, and I was like, everyone's aware of the issues you've got, just don't try and put on too much. And then as soon as I got up there and I was bouncing around, I was loving it, then it just organically was coming through and I was like, brilliant. Next day I'm coming in like, this is so much quicker than I expected. Starting to think of the 5,000 pound prize and I'm like, come on. And then the second I got here, the darts was just dropping low and I was like, this isn't good, this is not good. And I was trying everything I could and it got to about 20 minutes before the show started. I was like, this ain't gonna happen. 
I just knew. And that's a horrible place when you just know it's yeah. not going to happen. But that's just two days back to back was too much too soon. It was the start of the journey, not the end. We know where I want the journey to end. Yeah. That is Lakeside. And I still stand by that that's got to be where this journey ends for me because I still don't think I can do it. I can do it in bits. Last year when I went to Spain, I played some of the best darts I played in my life. I was walking through the field with 4-0 victories. You know, at the time, Christian Kiss was bashing the Pro Tour, yeah. 4-0 in the semi-final. You know, and I was just breezing through the field, playing so, so well. And then I was like, oh, I can, I can get it. But then the next day you do it and it feels like you've never thrown a yeah. dart before and I can't reach the board. So in terms of longevity, there's not, but I, I'm really focused on this year. Get to Lakeside. And then, like I say, I think that might be where it all comes to an end. But um, it's going to be some ride. I'm really looking forward to seeing and hoping that it all comes out. But I will say that I think day one of these tournaments is probably where I'm going to get my best opportunity. Are you settled on the new equipment now? I've had a throw with them. They, they feel very nice, to be fair. Are you, are you happy with that done now? No. No? No. So, um, again, what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to make the equipment help me. So at the moment, I like the dart. I do like the dart. It's very similar to my old dart, certainly in terms of dimensions and everything. But we're working on something at the moment that might just support the wrist problem a little bit more. So little minor tweaks to be made. Hopefully we'll get them ready. I'm hoping to have them ready for March. Yeah. Um, and if that is the case, then brilliant. And anything that makes life easier for me to throw in at the moment, because these tournaments, big, big entries, they're, they're going to be tough to get through. And lots of games, lots of time, lots of throw in. So I need something just to make it as easy as possible so that I can get to my goal where I want to be, up at Lakeside at the end of the year. And then we'll reassess at that point. And I know what's going to happen. I'm going to go there. I'll be encouraged. It'll go well. And I'll be like, maybe another year. But it's it's still not even part-time schedule. When, when I say I'm doing this, I'm doing this alongside yeah, yeah, being at the Super Series. Alongside <laughs> now working for the PDC. Alongside um, going down to the studios of yeah. Sky Sports to do work with those. So I've got some really big gigs coming on. And sometimes... That takes well it does that's my job now it takes priority i was going to go to denmark for wf gold event thinking oh, i have some good points there and then i get offered commentary on the pro tour and it's like i can't say no that that's my job that's got to be priority so it's like right i'll do that and i'm not going to denmark now and then it's like i'm not going to the dutch open because again i'm booked and i've got other commitments so um i say i'm doing it but it's still not even on a part-time basis, but I'll, I'll be ready. I'll be ready. I'm going to do it. Well, you kind of answered part of the question there, but I'm going to... Have you plotted your route to Lakeside, as in how you get there and what tournaments you need and want to play? In? So, for argument's sake, you've just rattled off two there. One's a platinum, one's a gold that you're not going to. Yeah. <laughs> Can Matthew Edgar get to Lakeside just on bronze and silver events? I've got to do it. The way, I mean, last year... I mean, I, this might have thrown me in terms of last year last year i went to what five six events six, yeah. six events i made two finals i won two titles and a semi-final so i look at that and i think well if i do that again i'm fine but can you do that again so i'm not going to have as many events as the rest of the field are that's for sure but 
I know that I'm more, I, I want to be seeded. I'm going to put that out there. I want to be seeded for Lakeside. Um, so that's top 16. But I'm going to have to pick up titles. There's no other choice. I'm not going to be at enough events to go, ah, oh, last 16, that's fine. That's got me some points. Ah, oh, quarterfinal, that's fine. I need to be in the winner's enclosure a couple of times this year or I'm going to be in trouble. I know. Before we wrap up, 2024 is just getting underway. What are you most looking forward to? Seeing what happens with Luke Littler. Seeing what happens in regards to this big buzz around darts. Can we retain it? How much does the sport grow? What happens with those big broadcaster deals? Are they still going to be... Are we going to view darts in the way that we do now? Are we going to see free-to-air TV once again want to get involved with the sport? So there's, there's loads of questions at the moment, and the only way is uh, seeing what happens in time. No, absolute pleasure. As always, this is going to be, this is going to be a fun one to edit and upload. As no, we, it's going to be a long one, As, yeah. as we hit the, the hour and 20 minute mark. Because we could have done another hour and 20 minutes. Oh, later. easily, yeah, absolutely, yeah. mate. Pleasure as always. Cheers, Phil. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.